If you've ever wondered if it's possible to be a minimalist with kids at your house, no matter what the age is, then I have a treat for you today. I am re-airing my interview I did with Joshua Becker because he is one of my favorites in the minimalist space. He's been so inspiring for me as I've got on this journey, and he was so gracious to come on this podcast when it was brand new. So a lot of you have missed out on listening to this interview because it was so long ago, so I wanted to bring it back. It is one of my most listened to episodes and definitely one of my top favorites. So... Stay tuned all the way through to the end because he has such great advice. What does it mean to live differently? Hi, I'm Jenna. Welcome to the Simple Home Podcast. The real reason behind this podcast is to encourage you to live differently. In a society that tells us that more is better and busy is to be expected, I want to give you permission and tips and tricks to help you create a simpler home, simpler days, and cherished moments. Each week, we'll talk about decluttering, organizing, and managing a home. We'll talk about thriving in motherhood, slowing down, and cherishing the journey. Most importantly, we'll have real conversations with real moms who are choosing to live differently and finding joy in motherhood. Take the first step to simplifying your motherhood and head over to athomewithkids.com forward slash resources to find a free resource that's perfect for you in the season that you're in. And stick with me each week as we dive into these topics together. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Simple Home Podcast. I am thrilled that you've joined me today. In case we haven't met before, my name is Jenna, and I am just so excited to bring you this interview today of one of my very, very favorite authors and presenters and speakers and bloggers in the minimalist space. I hope you truly enjoy it. His name is Joshua Becker. And um, he is the founder of becomingminimalist.com. He's also written several books, including Clutter Free with Kids, Simplify, um, his most recent book, The Minimalist Home, and one of my very favorites, The More of Less. So he just has so much goodness in the area of minimalism and practical advice for families. So it's just great to see what he's doing, and I can't wait to share this interview with you because he holds nothing back and just gives us such great advice. Um, I know one thing I sometimes struggle with as a mom who wants to teach my kids to live with less, I very often struggle with how much I say no to them as far as buying things. And we talk about that a little bit in the podcast, and I took a lot away from the way that he approaches that and his ideas around envy and how we can help our kids with that a little bit. So that was one of the areas in this interview that I hope um, that you'll listen to and really enjoy and get a lot of value out of. Um, He also has Simplify Magazine, and he has a YouTube channel that he's just started. So if you're looking for any kind of tips or tricks as far as um, where to start with minimalism or decluttering and organizing. He has tons and tons of resources for you. So make sure after you listen to this episode that you visit the show notes at homewithkids.com forward slash episode 19 
because there I will put links to all of his different resources that he talks about in the episode, and I don't want you to miss any. Now, becomingminimalist.com is definitely his home base, and he'll talk a little bit about that, and you can find all these resources there as well. And I will also put a link to one of his courses he talks about during the interview, so you can find out all kinds of things at the show notes. But um, without further ado, let's go ahead and hear the interview with Joshua Becker. Well, hey, Joshua. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so thrilled to have you here. It is my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation and uh, allowing me to hang out with you. Absolutely. So before we get started, I kind of introduced you in the intro to this podcast, but can you tell us a little bit of your story, how you got started, and kind of what intrigued you about minimalism in the beginning? <clears throat> sure. Um, if I were to step back even a, a, a bit further, I, I always say that I've been pretty squarely in the middle class for my entire life, um, never having to miss meals, um, never eating at the fanciest restaurants in town either. So so uh, right in the middle, I think a pretty typical middle class suburban lifestyle. Um, grew up in the upper Midwest, South Dakota, and met my wife in Omaha, where we got married, lived in Wisconsin. Uh, ended up moving to Vermont, and uh, 11 years ago is when I was first introduced to the word minimalism. Uh, my neighbor actually introduced me to the word. I was cleaning out my garage while my five-year-old son was, uh, his name is Salem, he was out in the back playing, and uh, I, I don't know, we were just doing our regular spring cleaning, but I spent hours on the garage and was complaining to my neighbor a little bit about all the time that had gone into it. And she said, that's why my daughter's a minimalist. She keeps telling me I don't need to own all this stuff. And I remember looking at the pile of things in my driveway. I'd spent all morning taking care of um, knowing, I think, or at least I would have always said that possessions weren't making me happy, but as I saw my five-year-old son swinging alone on the swing set, and I realized I'd spent all day taking care of my stuff, I realized not only were my things not making me happy, but they were actually taking me away from the very thing that did bring happiness into my life, uh, and not just happiness, but purpose and fulfillment and meaning and I joy. I, I think that I think that everyone who makes a decision at one point that they are going to pursue minimalism has that has that moment where they realize not only are their excess possessions not making them happy, but their excess possessions are actually taking them away from the life that they wish they were living instead, whether it's time, money, energy, focus, whatever it might have been. So um so that was it. I started blogging on becomingminimalist.com. And um, yeah, it's been uh, 11 years of living it and trying to help others um, live it as well. Excellent. I love I love your story because it's so practical. And it's so, it's so true. We spend so much of our time dealing with our stuff. And I think that um, it's become so normal to do that, that we almost we don't even realize that that's how we're spending our time, either cleaning it up or organizing it or doing the laundry because we have so many clothes or, you know, just so much time going through stuff and moving stuff around so we can do other things that we kind of miss out. So I love that you talk about how it's not just the stuff that's 
that's not bringing you joy, but it's actually taking you away um, from what our true joy really comes from. Um, I would uh, I, I would agree that we, <clears throat> the way I usually say it is, um, most people don't realize how much of a burden their possessions have become uh, until they begin to remove them and they start to free up the space and time and energy and money that they didn't even realize um, they were wasting on on a bunch of possessions that they didn't need. And not only is it normal in our culture, but um, there's also this added, like not only is it normal, but we feel like we don't have as much as everyone else does. And so the the thinking is never, I need to get rid of things to be happier. We look at other people who have bigger houses and nicer cars and trendier fashion and cooler toys or technology. And it's like we we almost envy having more things than we currently have, uh, not even realizing how much of a burden they've become where they are, where they are already. Absolutely. And and to add to that, I feel like that just adds to the financial burden of it. And so many so many of us go shopping on our free time rather than spending it with our kids. And then we're concerned about the debt that we carry and all of those things. So I think this whole minimalism thing, I, when we first kind of, you know, I think we watched like the minimal, the minimalist documentary on um, Netflix and we kind of thought it was one of those things you could only own a certain amount of possessions and it was all about the things you own, you know, but the more and more you get into it, you learn how just freeing it is for your whole life. So I love how you talk about that. And that kind of brings me to, you know, one of the first books I picked up that you wrote was The More of Less. And the whole reason I picked it up was because the tagline on the front of it says, finding the life you want under everything you own. And I just felt like that is so true. Our lives are buried in clutter, whether it's our time or our stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I love that. I love that line. I'm I'm pretty convinced that um, if you ask anybody, you know, what do you most want to accomplish with your life? That that no one says. I just I just want to own as much clutter <laughs> as I possibly can. Like like no one, like when you list your top several things, I I don't even think you know. I just want the biggest house that I can get. Like that's not what comes to our mind. Maybe further down the list, those things start to emerge. But we, you know, we, we all talk about the same things. We talk about love and we talk about relationships and faith comes up a lot. Um, you know, we talk about being good parents and being good spouses. And these are the things that we, that we most desire to be true of ourselves. Um, but somehow, culture comes along and society comes along and hijacks our passions and uh, we begin spending our our time and money buying a whole bunch of things that we don't need not realizing how all the things we're acquiring uh, are actually keeping us from accomplishing those things we most value yeah I definitely agree now one thing that I always hear from moms that I work with on this is um you know, how do they make this work for their family? Because like you said, we see what other people have and our kids see what other people have. And as parents living in a society like this, sometimes it feels like we're not giving them what they deserve because, you know, we don't have all the new technology or we don't buy them all the toys and all of that, or or we don't want to live in the biggest house with all the stuff. 
Um, so they always kind of ask, like, what does minimalism actually look like for a family? So if I could just ask you, like, for your family, what does minimalism look like in your household and with your kids just on a practical level? Yeah. Oh, gosh, so many things I want to say. Um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, gosh, uh, how to keep all my thoughts um, ordered here. Um, so first of all, I, it's important to remember that um, mi minimalism always looks different from one person to another, from one family to another, from one household to another. Um, the, the size of the family certainly plays a role in that. I've talked to, you know, parents who have six kids and they're, and they homeschool and there's like, there's, there's stuff everywhere. And I said, well, probably if you have six kids and you're homeschooling that there are going to be a lot of things in your home. Like it's certainly going to look different than uh, a young couple who doesn't have any kids, but it's in one sense, it's, it's just a season of your life. It's just a stage of your life when when the six kids are gone or when you're down to two kids at home, then uh, it's going to mean something different. But five people living under one roof are going to own more things than one or two people uh, living under the same roof. So right. I think it's uh, I think and and they'll become a they'll come a season in life where where you don't need to own uh, as much stuff. So uh, minimalism is certainly more difficult um, when you when there's kids involved. Actually, anytime there's more than one person involved, it becomes two. It becomes more difficult. But I'm pretty convinced that minimalism with families is more important uh, as well because because you do need time to be with your kids and you are laying down an example that your kids are following and learning from. Um, and it is more helpful to have, you know, a little freedom in your finances and time um, to, to do things with your family that costs more than if it was just the two of you. Um, so minimalism with family is more difficult, but I also think it's more important in practical ways, what that looks like in our home is when we started, my kids were five and two, and now they are 17 and uh, 13. Okay. And um, I, I think it changes based on their age. Uh, when they're young, you have a little more control over them. Uh, when they get a little bit older, I, ideally, they have a little bit more independence and a little bit more responsibility based on what you've what you've taught them through the years. Um, so I think it can depend based on what the the ages are. When our kids are young, actually, even today, um, even now that they're older, I'm, I'm I'm such a fan of setting like physical boundaries for kids, and it's incredibly helpful when they're young. Uh, you can have as many toys as you want as long as they fit in this closet, um, right. and then you that empowers them to make the decisions about what they're going to keep and what they're going to get rid of. Uh, it works for anything they're collecting. It works for arts and crafts. It can work for clothes. It can work for sporting goods. It can work for almost anything of a of a physical variety that um, you just set, you know, set a reasonable boundary and then uh, allow them to, to function inside of it. Yeah, I love that idea of the boundary. And I, 
I think that's great advice for parents of kids at any age because the boundary can change as your kids grow. And it also um, just teaches them as they grow, you know, to look for boundaries in their own lives and and not go overboard in not just areas of clutter and things that they own, but um, I think boundaries are good anywhere. So I love to teach them that early as well. That's great. Uh, Just a couple of things I, I should mention is, I speak to a lot of moms groups and the first question they always ask me is this minimalism thing sounds great. How do I go through all my kids stuff? And I I always try to tell them it's, it's unfair for you to make your kids get rid of things unless you've gone through your own stuff first. Um, And so I think parents need to be going through their own bedrooms and closets and kitchens and home office and, and garage and, uh, to some extent, I, I feel like they should probably go through all their things before they um, start making their kids go through some of their stuff. Your kids notice it and ask questions and um, see you model that before you put the expectation upon them. And the second thing that I, I think is helpful to remember is um, like we worry about um kids and envy and all the other kids at school are getting this and how do I help my children not become envious and not want a bunch of things that we're not buying and don't need and man I think adults struggle with that just as much as kids do the the only difference is that we as parents have the financial means to go buy whatever it is that we want and our kids don't so our kids So our kids have to ask us for the things that all their friends have, but we often are displaying the exact same behavior. It's just that we don't have to ask them for permission first. We just go buy whatever it is that everyone else is buying. Um, And so envy is something that not just kids struggle with, but adults do as well. And, And you never overcome it just by buying the thing that you think is going to help you overcome envy because you you buy the one thing and you just want the next thing that that somebody has and so um, envy you can't outspend envy is the way I is the way I say it we we as adults need to learn to be content with what we have and grateful for what we have um, as well as teaching our kids the the same thing yes I am going to use that you can't outspend envy because. I do struggle with that. And I forget that we deal with the same thing. I struggle. I feel, and I know that you've used the word frugal before, and you try to say that you're not cheap, but I feel cheap sometimes in my household because I say no a lot to buying things and try to teach my kids what's, you know, worth spending our money on and how we can use our money for more than just spending it on things. And so it is, it's a hard thing to remember. I have an example just from this week. My son came home from school and they did some kind of cup stacking thing in PE and the person who came to demonstrate it was selling all the stuff. And he came home so excited that we were going to spend, you know, $50 on all this cup stacking stuff in case he wanted to be in the junior olympics or something he said and you know it's so hard because you want to let them know that some of those things are fun and important but we also don't need them just because other kids in our class are buying a bunch of cups and so i like that you said that we struggle with that too it's just that they have to ask permission and it feels like we're saying no a lot so it just comes up you know in my heart a lot that oh man i'm depriving my child of becoming 
a junior Olympic cup stacker <laughs> or whatever the newest, <laughs> you know. Thing yeah, is. I am I, maybe to an unhealthy degree. I am a big fan of saying no to my kids. I I think it's. I, I mean, I mean that in every loving way, but I, I think it's good for them to hear no. I, I think it's good for them to hear no, we're, we're not going to yeah. spend our money on this. We're going to spend our money on that instead. I'm, uh, I think over explaining is great for kids. I, I think that we should be able to explain why we're not buying something and, and then we explain it to them and whether they accept the reason or not, uh, we should have a good reason as parents for really, I think, for every decision that, that we make. Um, and if we can't come up with a good reason, then, you know, maybe we need to hear their side of the story um, a little bit more. But Right. Yeah, that's great advice. I love that. Um, so one of the things, um, one of your books, The Minimalist Home, which I believe is your newest, your latest book that you've written, um, and it kind of walks us through each room, which I think is great when we start thinking about all of our stuff because that can be super overwhelming. And when we're talking about getting rid of our kids' stuff and getting rid of our own stuff, um, I like that you kind of break it down. Do you find yourself kind of revisiting areas in your home often to keep your house the way you want and to help your kids keep their spaces the way they want? Or how does that look for you? Uh, Yes, uh, that is exactly how it looks. Uh, I don't know if often is the right word. I guess it depends on um, how quickly you can overcome, um, filling your spaces back up again. And I, I do think that is a, a different, a different mindset, uh, like a different journey that we need to go on. There's a lot of people who want to declutter their home who aren't, um, who aren't also asking, and how do I overcome consumerism in my life? I I think it Mm -hmm. is, uh, it's it's different. Uh, probably the difference between going on a diet and you know maintaining healthy eating habits every day going forward. But um, the more I owned less and the more I saw the benefits of it, the more I saw how my life was improving by owning less, the the less desire I had to to buy things and uh, and fill those spaces back up again. But even even now, I mean even, 10, 11 years into, into writing about this. Yeah. Things, spaces fill up. Um, kids get older and kids change and, um, different seasons of life come and go and clothes wear out. And so you buy new ones. And if you're not getting rid of the, the old ones, um, things come up that you, you think are going to improve your life and, but they don't end up, um, improving your life. And so, uh, I don't really have a good, like I go through my home every six months or every season. I've I've kind of gotten to the point where like I can just feel that this space has more stuff than it than it needs to. Uh, I tend to like the thirty five to forty articles of clothing in my closet. Uh, usually feels about the right number, and when it when it starts to get more than that, for whatever reason, I it just seems like yeah, it's probably time to go back go back through this. We went through our pantry closet about three weeks ago. I've I've been feeling for a couple months that I don't know where all this stuff came from in this pantry. <laughs> We've lived in our home for about eight years, and it's the first time we like went back through it. But it just feels like there's more stuff in here than there should be, um, and so we so we went back through it. 
Right. I know that with little kids, I tend to go through like their clothes, you know, every couple of months I have to kind of weed out, but you can tell, like you were saying, their drawer gets too full or, um, there's, they're not wearing most of the clothes that are in there probably because they don't fit or they don't like them anymore. So yeah, I can see where you just kind of have to self-evaluate what's, what feels good and what doesn't. And, um, yeah, there are, there are, there are so many occasions in life where things enter our home from school or church or birthday parties or holidays <laughs> or trips sometimes, uh, sales, you know, back to school. So this, like all these moments of the year where, where things enter into, into our home and um, at some point there has to be a a removing of those things, whether we're whether we're really good at it and we do it, you know, every week, or whether we do it um, every spring and every fall, or just when we feel like we need to. But um, at some point, uh, the things that come in have to have to go back out. Right, absolutely. And I, I kind of wish I was better at the consistency of it. And like, as something came in, having a system right in place that. You know, I knew exactly whether that was going to stay or go or what, but you know, I'm not, I'm, I don't keep up on that as well. So it's, I just have to keep I, going through it as things. Seem I am necessary. just, I am just like you. I mean, I, I read about you know one thing in, one thing out, and whenever I bring in a new article of clothing, I make sure I get rid of one or one toy, and I get rid of one. And I'm like, that's great if it works for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it does work for some people. I've just never been able to to have that type of system and um right and i know myself well enough that 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 wouldn't be something that would work for me anyway and so um just kind of found a bulk removal moments in time when it <laughs> needs to happen <laughs> yeah i think uh, definitely i just can't my husband's very good at that he's so consistent at things but i just can't there's too much going on for me to think about it right then i guess or something <laughs> Um, so where do you feel like you are in your journey right now? Do you feel like there's areas that you're still working on to simplify or after doing this for 10 to 11 years, do you feel pretty good about, um, you know, is there an end to this journey, I guess? <laughs> um, yeah, there is, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's maintenance that always takes place. Uh, I think when I, when I first started minimizing, uh, I maybe went, several years of like, gosh, I feel like I should be getting rid of more. I feel like mm -hmm. I can get rid of more. I feel like I need to have less. Um, like it was, it, it was, uh, I, I kind of break it into three time frames. It, it took about three months for us to go through our home, um, the lived in areas of our home. It took nine months, if you want to count garage and basement and the storage shed in the backyard. Uh, okay. So it took a little bit longer to do that. And then we moved into a smaller home um, two and a half, three years later and got rid of even more things. <laughs> um, but I, so several, you know, kind of key moments, uh, time moments, but feel like I, I got to a point where I'm like, this is a good, like, this is a good enough. Uh, it's not too little and it's not too much. And maybe there's some experimenting to take place. And then there's some some maintenance that that goes forward but i'm i'm kind of an all-in addictive personality type guy and so when i 
when I first found it, I'm like, what else can I get rid of? And what else can I get rid of? And almost like almost as much mental energy went into uh, wanting to own less as I used to have used to put into to wanting to own more. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think you you reach a point where um, where you feel pretty good where where things are. Now, life changes. So my kids were young and now they're teenagers. And so it looks a little bit different now. And my son's a junior. So, I mean, in a couple of years, it may be just uh, me and my wife and my daughter at home. And so what is that going to look like? And right. then, you know, six years down the road when when she's out of the house, what is minimalism going to look like for us? And so I, it, it does tend to change based on the the seasons of our life. But um, I, yeah, I, I think I think people can get to a point where they they feel pretty good about um, where they have. And the goal of minimalism isn't to own the fewest amount of things. Like the goal of minimalism right. is to own just the right amount of things. Uh, I don't want my possessions to be a burden in too much or too little. Um, so what is that freeing point where I can accomplish what I want to accomplish with my life, um, but not be distracted by the things that I've accumulated as well? Yeah, that's such good advice. And it's it's true when we first started looking, and I even now am skeptical about using the term minimalism because it is, um, it's kind of a stressful word for me because it feels like you do need to own, you know, just a certain amount of, of things. And truthfully, it's just about what works for your family in this moment right now and isn't taking away from the life that you want to live. So I'm, I appreciate that you, that you've said that. So most of my audience are moms and the people listening to this podcast right now. And I know from the messages I get from them that they just feel so overwhelmed by taking care of their house and their kids, um, just like dads do. And I'm sure that you feel the same way often. And if you could just tell them one thing, because I'm always trying to just promote this, this idea that, you know, getting rid of your stuff, minimalizing the clutter in your day and your time, um, and getting to a simpler life is going to be so beneficial. But if you could give them one piece of advice on just living a little bit simpler, what would that be? Man, I would have a I would have a hard time <laughs> uh, topping what you say. Um, so I have a um, I do a course online, um, the uncluttered course I call it, and um, and helps people go through their home and uh, helps people own less stuff. And um, there's 12 weeks. We have a, a weekly challenge in each of them. And the, the week seven challenge is that um, people, uh, I ask them to reset their kitchen every night before they go to bed. And I never tell them that that is happening. If I were to tell them in week one or two, that <laughs> that by week seven, they are going to be having their entire kitchen clean every night before they go to bed. M like a lot of them would think that I am being ridiculous and that they could never <laughs> possibly uh, accomplish that in their home, with their family and with their commitments and with their responsibilities. Um, but after we go through each of the different spaces, living room and bedroom and bathroom, and we go through the kitchen and we minimize the kitchen, by the time we get to week seven, um, a, an incredibly high percentage of the, the people, the participants, are able to accomplish that. 
And it it just goes back to I think the 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 thing you said at the very beginning where like we we just think um, that we're living normal with all these all these things around us and we we don't even realize how much easier life can become when we own fewer things. Uh, my like I, I always went to bed with my house a little bit cluttered and a little bit messy. But when I purposefully owned less stuff, got rid of, I don't know, 50% of our things, it was surprisingly easy to tidy up the living room every night, tidy up the kitchen every night, keep keep the bathroom cleaner, keep the bedroom cleaner. Um, man, the the time spent moving things around in my home it was just something that I, I didn't <laughs> realize. And so you are, like, you're absolutely right. And um, people don't realize it until they do it, but it, it really does. It removes stress and it removes time and distraction. And owning fewer possessions uh, really does simplify our life in so many ways. Um, that you just can't appreciate until you do it. Oh, that's such great advice. And honestly, when you're saying like having your kitchen reset for the morning, it is, it's so true. When I wake up and there's no dishes on the counter and, you know, things are cleaned up from dinner time and the floor has been swept, my day starts so much better than if you wake up and you, you know, you're trying to get everything done with your family and take care of that mess or just look at it because you don't have time to take care of it. So it, cha- it changes, it, it just changes your entire mood for the day. Like the day becomes, the day becomes full of possibility as opposed to, I still have yesterday's mess that I need to, I need to clean up. Um, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Well, I'm definitely going to link to that unclutter course that you mentioned. I'll, I'll get your link for that and put it in the show notes because I am sure that many, many moms that are listening to this or dads um, could definitely benefit from that. I know that I could as well. So that's excellent. Um, I was also going to say, as you were talking about that, it was making me think about, you know, when we go on vacation, I always reflect on how easy life feels when we're either staying at a hotel or staying in somebody else's house, like an Airbnb or something, because you don't have to deal with the laundry and all those other things. And when you're talking about doing your daily resets and having less stuff to deal with, that really is why vacations feel so nice because you're out of your space with all your stuff. So I appreciate that you you brought that to my attention because it definitely brings brings that kind of peace when you you don't have to deal with all the the excess. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I think if you google how do I turn my bedroom into a hotel bedroom, there's like a whole like a whole movement there of how do I how <laughs> yeah. do I get this hotel bedroom feeling at home? And yeah. I, you know, I mean, the ho- like the hotel room is just a perfect example where it's got everything you need and and nothing more than what you need and it feels great and perfect. Right. It does. Um, yeah. So where can we find out more about you? I mean, um, if you could just tell us about your books, I know I mentioned a couple of them, but I've read every single thing you've written, I think, including on your website and your magazine. But if you could kind of tell my audience a little bit about where we can find out more about you. And I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you started a YouTube channel as well, just pretty recently, um, or in the recent past. 
Yes, that would be correct. Uh, becomingminimalist.com is home base for everything I do, really. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I get to do this full time. I've been doing this. Uh, I was a pastor for 15 years, um, but I've been doing this full time for the last six years and uh, try to look for as many different outlets and, and channels that I can use to um, I always say play play my neighbor's role in someone else's life um, and help them see the value of of owning less. And so from from becoming minimalist, you can yeah active on Facebook. Um, we have one and a half million followers on Facebook. It's really uh, really wow. pretty unbelievable. Um, yeah, Facebook and Twitter started a YouTube channel last fall. Um, started a magazine, uh, Simplify Magazine. Um, that that uh, just brings together different experts in certain areas of life to 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 dive deep into into topics. Um, we just had our relationships issue just came out in September of this year. Um, so a lot of yeah, I hang out in a lot of different places. I I love what I'm doing. I I work hard at it, but everything um, becomingminimalist.com is really the headquarters for anything and everything. All right. Well, that is so great, Joshua. And Truly, you are doing some amazing things, and I think you can tell that by, I mean, the amount of Facebook followers you have and stuff. I think this is a real need and something that's so beneficial for families and to teach our kids as they're growing because I just feel like um, people are stressed and spending too much money and not not getting out of their house to do the things they want and stuff. So I appreciate you and everything you're doing, and I so appreciate you coming on to to share your message with my audience as well today. Well, hey, uh, I appreciate the work you're doing, and uh, you're good at this. You uh, you do the podcast interviews really well. I, uh, this has been very this has been very enjoyable. I can I can see why um, why why people enjoy listening to you. Well, thanks so much. I I enjoy it as well. I mean, really, this is like a dream job getting to interview people like you and just I always learn so much more so there really isn't anything better that we could be spending our time doing I don't think learning from other people so thank you so much for your kind words and um yep I will continue following everything you're doing and just appreciate you taking your time today we'll be in touch all right bye so there you have it I truly hope you enjoyed this time with Joshua Becker as much as I did. Um, he just has so much wisdom for us. He's been doing this for so long and has gone through many stages with his family from his kids being young to now being much older. So it's fun to hear his input um, as to how to just make this applicable in our lives. And I love how passionate he is about how a simple life can really just change your world um, because I truly believe that as well. Having less things changes more than just the amount of stuff that's around us. So I hope you take inspiration from today's episode. And if you are feeling overwhelmed at all with the whole decluttering process, remember that I have the declutter challenge to help you get started. It's five days. It's completely free to get signed up for, and I will link to it in the show notes at homewithkids.com forward slash episode 19, or you can just go to at homewithkids.com forward slash 
declutter challenge. Um, But please do visit the show notes and see all the different things that Joshua is doing. If you haven't yet read any of his books, I encourage you to do so. The Minimalist Home, his newest one, will definitely help you get started as well. He goes through room by room and just helps you go through your house in a manageable way. So if that's something you're looking for, The Minimalist Home is excellent. If you have a family, especially a young family, um, Clutter Free with Kids is another one of my favorites. And that one, I'm sure you can find at your local library or just look on his website, becomingminimalist.com, and it'll link to all of his books there. And I will link to them in the show notes as well. One more thing, if you are ready to dive in full force, make sure to check out his course, um, the Unclutter course, because it sounds like he walks us through step-by-step, kind of holds our hand, gives different challenges. And if you're anything like me, sometimes that's all I need is somebody to challenge me to do something and that way I get it done. So I'm definitely going to check that out and I hope that you will as too, you will too, and I will link to that in the show notes as well. So thanks so much for joining me today. As always, I so appreciate you. And if you have a moment, please write a review in iTunes. Remember, that's how this podcast can reach a new audience. And it also just makes my day when I go in and see some kind of review or response from you all. It makes me feel like I'm not just sitting here talking into a microphone and that um, I'm connected with human beings on the other end. So I appreciate you and hope that you have a wonderful day today, whatever day it is that you're listening to this episode. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me on the Simple Home Podcast this week. It truly is a blessing to have you here. If you've been enjoying this podcast and found encouragement here, can you take a moment to leave a rating and a review on iTunes? This is how podcasts grow and how they reach larger audiences. And I am so thankful to get to work with so many women and spread this message. So if you have a moment, head to iTunes and leave a rating and a review. I love to read what you have to say, and I might just spotlight you on an upcoming episode. Also, if you think a friend could use this kind of encouragement, go ahead and share it with them. Tell them about the podcast. Tag me on Instagram with a picture of you listening. Whatever we can do to encourage more women to live differently. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.